Welcome to another episode of Q-Tips. This is the special mini feature from the Video Store Junkies where we suggest streaming options for you this weekend so you don't have to scroll endlessly through Amazon Prime or Netflix looking for something to watch. So this will be for the Friday of March 12th. These are the things that we suggest you watch on streaming. Renee, why don't you kick us off? Well, we just wrapped on the Mad Max series on our main podcast, which people can listen to on their favorite podcast app, or they can find it on Um, videostorejunkies.com. Although although when this drops, they will not be able to listen to the Fury Road episodes. Oh, well. They'll be able to listen to three, but Fury Road will be coming up. It's a cliffhanger. (laughs) It's a cliffhanger. Um, (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) You know, that's okay. But, you know, maybe when they're done with that, people are going to miss it a little bit, or maybe they just want to keep keep that feeling alive. And so uh, I'm going to take you on a journey uh, back to the 1990s. And do you ever, do you ever sit back and, and think, you know, what's going to happen in eight years from now? And uh, this movie might have the answer because it was filmed in 1982 uh, in Italy and also in the Bronx. We're talking oh about ninety <laughs> Bronx Warriors. Yes, oh. yes. Um, and a young heiress uh, has some misgivings over uh, family inheritance, and she's run away to the lawless streets of the Bronx. And unlike Auntie Entity, she is looking for another hero, and uh, <laughs> she just might have found one. And uh, boy, this movie. Um, it's like a dystopian Romeo and Juliet. Um, there's fighting, there's dancing, the makeup and the costumes. It's the hair. It's a feast for the eyes. And there is a moment now. These are going to be fighting words. There's a moment in this movie that I think might have been the inspiration for the doof wagon. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the director is Enzo G. Castellari. Uh, he is the same man that brought you probably the, one of the most original and iconic killer shark movies to ever hit the big screen. Completely original. Oh, um, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, that would that would be a, the last shark. Um, Mark Gregory starred as Trash. I believe it was his first role. Vic Morrow uh, was The Hammer. Christopher Connolly was Hot Dog. And if that isn't reason enough to watch the movie, then I don't know what else I can do for you. Um, it's it's just a movie you have to see. And uh, that's really about all. I, do you, any of you guys have any thoughts on this movie? I, I have not seen it yet, but I remember when it came out. I mean, it's, it's one of those ones that is sort of, uh, 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 I guess, legendary in terms of uh, post-apocalyptic Mad Max Italian ripoffs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I I know I watched this one back in the late 90s after I watched the Mad Max films, and I wanted to revisit that uh, genre more. And unfortunately, all of the things that my video store had were like (laughs) these terrible. They had that. They had, uh, oh, God, Steel Dawn. They had Equalizer 2000, and none of them were any good. So I think they all kind of ran together for me. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I really brought some high quality picks the first two times. So <laughs> mix it up a little bit for everyone. Fair enough. Yeah. High quality 80s cheese. 
And uh, who am I tossing this to? Paul? That's you. Oh, well, shoot. You're, right, oh, you're, I'm going to you toss it to you, Zachary. Uh, all right. Well, uh, my, my picks are actually also from the 80s. They are kind of shocking in their mainstream uh, appeal because unless, well, I should I should say if you're a science fiction fan or a fan of this franchise, you've undoubtedly seen these. But these are suggestions for maybe people who have skipped uh, because they aren't familiar with the franchise or they don't care about the franchise. But I'm actually going to suggest a bit of a double feature, which is going to be Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan. And then as a follow-up, Star Trek III The Search for Spock. Now, uh, if you know anything about film, you know that Star Trek the Motion Picture came out. It was pretty much derided. And then Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan is what is pretty much credited with saving the franchise. This is a really epic tale of revenge. And I think that regardless of whether or not you care about any of the characters, you know, from watching the original series or you really know anything about Star Trek, I rewatched these recently, and I think it's a great film that holds up. Even if you don't like science fiction, I think it's worth checking out. And then the search for Spock is, uh, it's, it's, let's say it's a little bit divisive. A lot of people think that it's a very weak follow-up. I, it's not as good as the second movie, but I think it actually holds up pretty well. And um, yeah, it's got, uh, it's got, I think it was the only film that Leonard Nimoy ever directed. So got that going for it so yeah that's my that's my pick and then if you want to you can also go back and if you really want to make it a triple feature you can watch the uh i I believe it was the 22nd episode of the original series the first season wrath of khan is actually a, a sequel to that episode so you don't have to watch it to enjoy the movie but it's kind of fun to go back and then watch wrath of khan um i should also mention uh, Search for Spock has Christopher Lloyd as a Klingon, which is really cool. So, and you can find Wrath of Khan and Search of Spock on Hulu and Amazon Prime right now. Uh, Paul, how about you? So, uh, my my the theme for my films are uh, stories retold. So, stories that uh, often it's kind of neat to take a, a story that's well known, a film that's well known, and look at it sort of in a in a different way. And so, my first pick for the night is. Shrek retold, which you can actually catch on YouTube. Um, this is kind of neat. These uh, people just came out in 2018, and uh, Grant Duffin, I believe, is the director. And it wasn't, I know there's a lot of like Shrek memes, like, ah, ha, ha, so, you know, making fun of it. But as he put it, he said, no, he honestly loves Shrek. Um, and it's, um, he said, how can you actually like something ironically? He said, can you like ice cream ironically? Was sort of a quote. But what they did is they took the film and they they split it up between 200 contributors who were each assigned scenes. And then they they recreated them however they wanted. It wasn't necessarily shot for shot or word for word, but it was they took them up and took it and redid it in, in uh, traditional animation, stop motion, crappy flash animation, puppets, uh, live action you name it and and it's done it's redone like this there have been other projects like this i think for like star wars and the living dead but this this is shrek and it's 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 pretty wild because some of the things go so off the rails and are like what even part of the story is this you can sit down and watch the whole thing or you can just jump around to bits and pieces because it's whatever you hit is going to be something different and it's a 
it's 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 worth checking out. And like I said, it's been there since 2018. It's still up because I think it's such an unusual project. And in 2019, in April Fool's Day, they joked about doing Shrek 2 retold. And then like, apparently there's a Shrek Fest. And the 2019 Shrek Fest, they decided, oh, what the hell? We're going to go ahead and do that. So they're actually working on a Shrek 2 retold. But if you want to see the, the original retelling, Shrek retold on YouTube, uh, you can search for it. It's, it's actually pretty fun. Um, so uh, from that, I pass it on to you, Renee. Boy. Can I, <laughs> sorry. Can I, can I also Please. just mention... Can I also just mention my favorite part about Shrek Retold is that you can get a Shrek Retold VHS. Yes, yes, you can. <laughs> speaking of speaking of the video store, uh, VHS is alive and well, and uh, oh. so yeah, I'll definitely be ordering that as soon as we finish this podcast. <laughs> oh, it has original songs too. Oh, oh. My god! But yeah, probably because they would have gotten sued. If no, no, they they redid some of the other ones as well. Oh, really? Oh, okay. <laughs> So uh, you didn't think I was going to take you out of the 1990s, I hope, because, you know, economic collapse and uh, crime waves hitting the cities. You know, this is something that every uh, every country has to face. And uh, it's even happening in Australia. There's people fighting over car parts. And this guy, he just wanted to take his girlfriend to the drive in. Oh, and my God. <laughs> I like when you yeah. guess the movie before I even say yes. it. Yes, this movie is Dead End Drive-In. Um, also, both movies are available on Tubi. Um, 1990 Bronx Warriors is also available available on Vudu if needed. Uh, this movie was, pardon me, released in 1986, based in the 90s, which, you know, that's a good, that's a good span of time for a movie. It's a good prospect of the future. Anyway, this movie is from Australia. Brian Trenchard Smith uh, directed it. Um, Ned Manning played Jimmy Krabs Rossini. And uh, his name is Krabs. And I might have just been hungry when I watched these. I don't know. Um, but I have a friend who also is absolutely terrified of crabs. And you know who you are. And... Uh, Natalie McMurray is Carmen, which is Crab's girlfriend. Peter Whitford was Thomas, who is the man who runs the drive-in. Um, so basically, Crab's uh, steals his brother's car to take his girlfriend to the drive-in. And they have a little bit of trouble getting out. And, uh, you know, much like the other movie, there's costumes, there's makeup, there's just so much happening. And the names are great. And I feel like, you know after all this, you're going to love me or hate me. And I accept that. Um, these are movies that maybe you want to watch after you've had a few drinks on the weekend, or maybe while you're doing other stuff and you just want to walk past the TV and say, what the hell is going on? Um, these are those kind of movies. And, uh, but this one, however, was, was a lot more entertaining than I expected it to be. Um, and it actually had a surprising amount of depth and social commentary that I was really not, not expecting at all. And Incidentally, Guy Norris, stuntman from Mad Max 2, did some stunts for this film. There you go. How about you guys? Any thoughts on this piece of work? Yeah. I actually like it in Drive-In. And, and yeah, again, it's surprising. Like you said, it's surprisingly uh, the depth of, of social commentary in there. Is, yeah. It caught me off guard the first time yeah. I watched it. 
Yeah, I mean, well, I know I watched Bronx Warriors and I have no memory of it. This is one that I think I I definitely watched on like VHS. I rented at my local video store when I was in my teens. And I think this actually stuck with me more than a lot of the other stuff. I don't think I've watched it in God, probably 20 years. So wait, what, where did he say it was streaming? You can watch it on Tubi. <laughs> oh, man. OK, well, I know what I'm going to be watching this weekend. Cause, there you yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> So, Zachary, what's your next pick? Uh, so my next pick is I decided that we needed a little more comedy on this podcast, especially after the last episode where we had a lot of kind of depressing horror films and exploitation films. So I'm going to go with one of my probably all-time favorite comedies, uh, Monty Python's Life of Brian. Now, I chose this one. It's a hilarious film. I think... Obviously, anyone who likes Monty Python has seen this film, but it's also a film that I feel almost gets overshadowed by uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail a little bit, just because that's kind of like seems like it's a more seen and more quoted film. So Life of Brian is a very, very blasphemous film. In fact, it's so blasphemous, it almost didn't get made until George Harrison himself stepped in to help. Um, but it's basically a... Oh man, I don't it, a re a side story, a retelling, a, a telling of uh, that takes place at the at the same time as <laughs> Jesus Christ, but uh, it's not Jesus Christ. Uh, it is uh, it's it's got so many great classic Monty Python gags. It's got you know all of the all of the characters or all the actors that if you know anything about Monty Python, you know and love. It's got you know Chapman, Cleese, Skilliam, Idle, Jones, Palin, uh, and the great thing about this movie is I think between them they play something like 30 or 40 characters and they're all just hilarious so I'm gonna I'm gonna say this one I rewatched it not actually I think I watched it like two weeks ago because uh, it is currently streaming on Netflix and it's amazing like how many of the gags have held up there are so many things that I can probably quote word from word from this movie and yet they still make me laugh which is always the mark of a great comedy so yep Monty Python's Life of Brian and I think uh by now, you've probably guessed, uh, Paul and Renee, that this is the movie that I mentioned that uh, has a great song. So do you guys know the song? Yes. Yes, I do. Always I do. look on yeah. the light side <laughs> of life. Oh, no. no? Okay. Well, we can see. I didn't know that song, but I did not know that song was from that movie. Okay. Yeah. Well. Oh yeah, yeah. they're doing it. They're they're. Is, do you mind the spoilers? Go ahead, Zach. You want to set up where, how, when they're singing that song? Uh, no, you know, if you haven't seen the movie and you, you don't, don't know, to, yeah. let's not spoil it. Okay, but it's Most pretty people, great. <laughs> anyone, anyone, there are probably people who haven't even seen the movie know where the song is is played. But yeah, if you haven't, then <laughs> it's it's a fun. Yeah. Well, I think they 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 actually use the song in uh, the the um, stage production of Spam a Lot now. Yes. Yes. So. Uh, interesting. Yeah. I don't think that I have seen this, although I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah. So I'm definitely going to. Check it out. Yeah, yeah, when when I was growing up, we had a lot of uh, friends that were uh, priests and nuns and religious educators <laughs> and and all this. And the Catholic Church, we were Catholics, and the Catholic Church condemned the movie and protested. And all our friends who were priests and nuns and and, and were like, "Oh my God, you got to see it! It's the funniest <laughs> thing ever!" Because a lot of the That's jokes you, you really you don't, you yeah. don't need a religious background to, or at least you know some knowledge to get some of it. So I, I still quote, blessed are the cheesemakers. <laughs> like, well, it actually means blessed are all purveyors of dairy products. Yes. So. 
that, that's the, I mean, that's the, the mark of a great comedy is even if it seems like it's skewering something that it's, it's so well informed, but that to really get it, you actually have to be the one of the, you know, the group that it's skewering. So, yeah, no. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my pick. Uh, Paul, what's your, what's your next, what's your next pick? It kind of ties in to that because okay. that is that's a retelling of a yeah another tale. Kind of, so yeah. this one, <laughs> this one is this one again is a retelling of a familiar tale, and this time it's with music. It is Shrek the Musical, okay. which which uh, honest to God, it sounds again like a meme. And and when my son and his girlfriend were like, "You got to watch this," like, "Yeah, yeah," oh my God, it is absolutely utterly fantastic. The music is amazing. The the stage production, so it's a, a film of the stage production. It's on Netflix. It was on Broadway. Originally, it was off-Broadway. Then it was on Broadway for a year. It was nominated for seven Tonys. Actually, won for Best Costume. It was nominated for, nominated for 11 Drama Desk Awards. Won three, including Best Actor in a Musical for Brian Darcy James as Shrek. Best Set Design, Design Costume. It was a huge production. I mean, it was $24 million budget for this stage production. But... The the songs are fantastic. The characters are great, and it actually brings uh, like some really serious heart, and there's some serious emotion in this in this, which is unbelievable. Um, but it really is. The music's by uh, Janine Tesson, and lyrics by David Lindsay Abair. Um, so again, I said Brian Darcy James plays Shrek. Sutton Foster is an absolute hoot as Princess Fiona. She is. Absolutely hilarious. Daniel Breaker plays Donkey, and then Christopher Sieber plays Lord Farquhar. And this man, you got to give him credit because you remember Lord Farquhar is really short. So basically, he's doing the gag where he's on his knees, but the costume's designed to make it look like he has these little short legs. And the man dances, like even a kick line on his knees, and he hams it up. And it is so much fun. I mean, I, it, it, like I said, you might go, oh, I'm not going to watch it. It's over two hours long worth every minute of it netflix and you will find yourself like singing the songs it'll be it it is it is really good no jokes on that one you guys are wow <laughs> i am yeah i i'm just processing <laughs> i never pegged you paul for a shrek head but apparently oh, not really know. but but both of these kind of <laughs> like i want to you know they they both were such an unusual telling of it and like I said, we started watching this as, you know, I, I was like, yeah, sure, it's a joke. I'm like, wait a second, this is good. They're like, yes, we told you. This is seriously good. We're like, oh, my God, this is really, really good. So, yeah, hmm. fair enough. Yeah. Nice mixture, I think. Yeah. And, uh, and, and no torture or anything. Well, they do. Hey. They are torturing the gingerbread man. So I guess. Oh, yeah. Another one of my picks has, has torture in it. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's going to be a recurring theme every single week. As long as we're doing these, so but that's fine. Um, cool. <laughs> well, I think that's it. Unless, unless anyone, unless anyone has anything else, uh, I think that's our episode for this week. Um, would you guys like to uh, help sing us out? Do you guys know the lyrics? <laughs> one, two, one, two, three, four. Always, Always look, look on, on the bright side of life. Bye. And just to recap our picks for this episode, Renee suggested 1990 Bronx Warriors, which is currently available on Voodoo, Tubi, and Night Flight, and Dead End Drive-In, which is currently available on Hoopla and Tubi. 
I recommended the double feature of Wrath of Khan and Search for Spock, which Paul reminded me is absolutely not the only film that Leonard Nimoy ever directed. How could I forget Three Men and a Baby? Sorry, all you dancing heads out there. Both of these are currently available on Amazon Prime, Hulu, as well as Fubo, DirecTV, and Epix. And then if you want to make it a triple feature, you can watch episode 22 of season one of the original series first, which is currently on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, CBS All Access, and Paramount+. And I also recommended 1979's Life of Brian, which is currently streaming on Netflix. And Paul went full Shrek on us today. He recommended Shrek Retold, which is currently available on YouTube, and Shrek the Musical, which is currently streaming on Netflix. And remember, 